Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have one-third of the nationally syndicated morning show, The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy and his wife of 27 years, Gia Casey. They have a book out right now called Real Life, Real Love. Life Lessons of Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together. Coming up, I talked to DJ Envy and Gia Casey about overcoming issues in their relationship publicly, raising six kids, and the importance of a family mission statement. Up next, DJ Envy and Gia Casey. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast, leave a five-star rating. What's been your favorite theme? Who's been your favorite guest? What's been your favorite Gone in 60 Seconds? Tell a friend to tell a friend to come and get this good old-fashioned soul food. And it's no different this week. This week's theme is Stronger Together. There's an old saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. There's so much strength in unity, but sometimes we as humans let our egos convince us that we don't need anyone. Whether it's a lack of trust or a series of bad experiences, but that doesn't change the fact that there is strength in numbers. When you surround yourself with a team, a team of two or a whole starting lineup, you're giving yourself the advantage of support, motivation, and differing perspectives. And remember, embarking on a journey with another person is never going to be a perfectly paved path with no bumps in the road. As long as you share the same goals, the same ideas of how to get there, and know that in the toughest of times you're in it together, you'll be in the best position to accomplish what you've actually set out to do. American innovator Henry Ford once said, as long as everyone is moving forward together, success takes care of itself. My next guests know all about that. DJ Envy and Gia Casey have been married for over 20 years and have stayed together through some ups and downs, yet they've managed to build each other up through it all. And they're talking about it in their new book, Real Life, Real Love. Coming up, I talk to Envy and Gia about raising six kids, talking publicly about relationship issues and life before The Breakfast Club. Up next, DJ Envy and Gia Case.
Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Our next guests are a power couple and an amazing example of love persevering over everything. You may know my brother DJ Envy from the syndicated morning show, The Breakfast Club. He and his wife, Gia, met in high school and been together 27 years. Their new book, Real Life, Real Love, is an inspirational guidebook for people who seek the same unconditional love in their relationships and want to remain, want to learn how to remain equals after being thrust into the public eye. It is my honor to welcome DJ Envy and Gia. I appreciate the love. Thank you guys very much. And as I mentioned, you guys are such an inspiration for so many different reasons. But I got to start with you, Gia. Ladies first. Sorry, Envy. It's all good. Tell me, you guys met in high school. Literally. When did you guys know that this would be a strong relationship and somebody that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Well, it took a little while for me to warm up to him because <laughs> I, was, I was a new girl in school. I transferred to his school from a school, high school in Brooklyn. So when I transferred to St. Francis Prep, I transferred as a junior and he was a senior. And um, I was kind of new to the school, so I had some options. I guess I can say that. So when he was trying to get my attention, I thought that he was cute. He was, there was just something special about him, but I just kind of wanted to, you know, settle myself in first, but he was relentless and um, that relentlessness paid off. And I would say maybe two weeks, mm -hmm. two weeks of him trying. I said, you know what, let me pick up this boy's phone call. And, I, <laughs> and soon after that, I realized that we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. It sounds a little unimaginable for someone so young and so inexperienced, but in the title of our book, it's Life Lessons on Joy, Pain, and the Magic that Holds Us Together. I think that that was kind of where the magic started. There was something special about him. There was something special about us together. Um, we would stay on the phone for five, six, seven, eight mm. hours until the sun was coming up until one of us fell asleep or until one of us was getting ready for school. The wow. Next mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, well, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> it was like one of those. And it started as puppy love and as innocent as puppy, puppy love sounds, it was very strong at the time. Envy, I got to ask you, because technology has changed over 27 years. Right. So what type of technology and communication was happening then? Is this beeper? Is this, what, what is happening? There was a little beeper. There was a lot of, uh, of, of hard line phone call. I had to make sure my mom was <laughs> off the phone. Uh, I had to make sure everybody was sleeping, you know, because everybody be nosy. So this, it was back then. <laughs> I tell pagers. That's it was a right. big deal when they came out. That's right. So Envy, I have to ask you, like, who were some of your inspirations as DJs? Uh, as DJs, of course, it was DJ Clue. That was my biggest inspiration. And for people that don't know the story, um, I was never into DJing. I was uh, at the bus, bus stop waiting for the bus, and uh, Ernesto pulled up. And Ernesto lived across the street from me. He, you know, we rode bikes with each other. We played basketball. And uh, he had a Honda, no, he had a BMW at that time, BMW 3 Series. 
And if you know about BMW 3 Series back then, that was the Bugatti. Mm -hmm. It was rich, rich. Yes. I'm like, yo, what are you doing for money? And he said, come to my house after school. Mm. I thought he was selling drugs. I didn't know what he was doing. So I went to his school, his house after school. His mom opened the door and said, Ernesto was downstairs. I go downstairs and I see records, cassette players and turntables. And I'm like, well, what do you do? He was like, I'm a DJ. He goes, well, what's your, I was like, what's your DJ name? He was like, DJ Clue. And I'm like, I want to be a DJ. And it started from there. Wow, that is crazy. Do you remember the the record that you felt like, you know what? I got to keep going back to this song. This is my go-to. This this is my comfort zone. I would have to say, you know, because I first started off as a battle DJ. So it was um, it was Run DMC. Mm. Bad mean a bad, but bad mean a good. That was my, <laughs> my favorite one. And then when I started DJing parties, it was LL Cool J doing it. Like that was my record. Mm. That got the, the women dancing. And when the women start dancing, the fellas start dancing. So that was the record to get everybody moving. And see, that's when he stepped his game up, Gear. You see that? He started to be conscious of playing records for the ladies. Yeah, and you right. guys both went to college in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And so, like, meeting in high school, I have to ask this question. I know there are people in both of you guys' lives that were saying, ain't you too young for this? Are you sure you want to do this? So I have to ask you, Gia, starting with you, like, are there people, were there people in your life saying, maybe you should wait, don't commit so very young? I don't think that anyone was really um, worried about me committing. I think it was more so, you know, are you sure that he's the one and don't mm. you want to try out other mm -hmm. guys? Because mm -hmm. again, I was 15 and one of those people mm. was my mother. Um, by the time that I was 19 and in college, she came to visit and she said, you know something, you guys have been together for a long time. I said, yeah. She said, it's very serious. Clearly. I said, yeah. She said, do you think that you're going to get married? I said, oh, I mean, we talk about it all the time. That is the plan. That's mm -hmm. the trajectory that we're on. She's like, so do you think that maybe you want to try out a couple of other guys before you make that commitment? <laughs> and I said, you know what? Um, in my opinion, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm. Everything is great. Not to say that we were with, uh, without problems. Of course we have mm. problems. But I knew that that love, that deep-rooted love was there, that trying out other guys, it, it wouldn't have made a difference because they could never be him. They could mm. never replace the feelings that I felt for him. So, yeah, there were just people that wondered if um, maybe I should sow my oats a little bit more. But it wasn't necessarily about straight commitment. And what about the fact that he was a DJ, he was into hip hop, the whole lifestyle, the whole schedule? Like, like right now I see your breakfast club schedule is, is flipped upside down. But doing parties in New York, you take a nap before you go out. And you out until four, five, six in the morning. So, Gia, what part of that did you have to adjust to as well? Well, it depends on what stage you're referring to. Because when I met Rashawn, I met him as DJ Shrimp. Mm. And he was DJing Sweet Sixteens. So <laughs> I was there for the entire rock. <laughs> DJ Shrimp. Braces, glasses, acne, you know, like we were from that day. Now he all flying, handsome, and freshly dressed, jewels on. You're laughing too hard. Laughing too hard. 
<laughs> so I was there for the transition. So in high gotcha. school and in college, I was at those parties. Mm -hmm. Rashawn didn't DJ a party without me being there. That's I was dope. always in the DJ booth with him. Then once we got married and had children, he wanted me to come, but my priority was the children and the home. So I stayed behind. And it was at that time that his success started to grow. His mm. ambition became actualized. And that's when a change started to ensue within him. That's when the ego grew. That's mm -hmm. when he developed a persona and a bravado about him. So when he was out in the street, he was DJ Envy, but when he was home, he was Rashawn. So I never knew him as DJ Envy. He was always just my baby, my boo, my man, and then my husband. But DJ Envy, I was a lot more unfamiliar with. And Rashawn, I have to bring this up. Beyonce mm -hmm. wrote a whole album about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys have been very brave and forthcoming, forthcoming about a bump in your relationship as it related to an extramarital affair. So like being so open and so public about your relationship, as you guys know, it opens yourself up to scrutiny and jokes, yet you still don't shy away from talking about that. And I appreciate that. So what is the biggest factor in your um, ultimate decision gear to forgive and why do you think it's important for people to talk openly envy when she's done about issues they've experienced in their relationship so it's a very long story that we could never just cover in the time frame that we have allowed here but i'll suffice it to say that god intervened in our relationship in a very significant way and one of the people that stepped in on his behalf was my best friend, Rashid, and another person was Tyrese, whom we had no relationship, who Rashawn was neither a friend of or knew in any scope. He might have interviewed him once or twice before, mm -hmm. but um, both of them came into our lives and said that God sent them to save our relationship. And um, there were a lot of things that happened in that story that I couldn't chalk up to coincidence. I knew that God was speaking to me through people. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I was convinced that that was his will, that we stay together, continue to raise our family and mm -hmm. grow our family, which is exactly what we did. What about you, Envy, as it relates to like talking openly about issues experienced in your relationship? Well, look, the crazy thing about it is, is Gia's best friend, she was talking to him as Rashid. He didn't like me and I didn't like him. He thought the relationship was toxic, which it was. Um, so the fact that he flew in to say, hey, you know, God sent me to save your relationship. And, you know, not to say that we weren't spiritual people, but we weren't spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. We weren't, mm -hmm. you know, reading the Bible every week and we weren't going to church every Sunday. So when it came, it was like, wow, Need that. Yep. exactly. And then when Tyrese came, it was like, I didn't know Tyrese. I was like, what, you want me to play your record? He was like, nah, I heard you on the radio. I heard your voice. I prayed for you and God sent me. And these were experiences we didn't necessarily know. And we didn't, I didn't know the, you know, Tyrese, Rashid didn't like me. So he was able to, you know, to really sit us down and we had therapy and conversations all together. But the reason I speak about it all the time is, you know, you go to the barbershop and we could talk about who our favorite basketball player is, right? Is it LeBron? Is it Michael Jordan? We could talk about, you know, somebody's new album. We could talk about so many different things. 
but we never really talk about relationships. You know, I could never, I, I never seen you, Jalen, and be like, yo, you know, yo, let me ask you a question, Jalen. Like, yo, me and my wife is having this conversation about this. What are your thoughts? How right. do you handle it? And then I could right. be like, oh, okay, and we can have conversations. We don't do that enough. But I Correct. feel like we need to do that enough. Like if we could talk about investments, we could talk about everything else. Why not talk about relationships? And we also did it because we wanted to let people know that they're not the only ones going through the things that we're going through. You know, people post things on Instagram and social media where people's marriages and lives look perfect, but it's not. That's not. And, and we want to show, hey, th- our life isn't perfect. This is what we go through. And this is what we continue to deal with, you know, whether it's, you know, us arguing and Mm-hmm. my insecurities or the biggest thing is right fighting and, and right fighting is you know you wrong but you still gonna argue because you just gotta win <laughs> and that's that was my biggest thing like we could argue about the sky being yellow and i'm like the sky is yellow god told me it's yellow last night in my, like, that's how far I would go. so we you know we, we talk about all that in the book and how we overcome it and how it just makes our relationship a lot stronger you know people are so um, overly concerned with image um and when you look at platforms like social media, you see the way that people want you to perceive them. But Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, you don't see what is real and actual. And Mm -hmm. we didn't want to fall in that grouping of people. We wanted to show Mm -hmm. people our reality so that they can relate to it. And we wrote this book in a sense of community so that people can use our experiences as a reference point for what to do and what not to do in relationships, mm. to see the red flags and also to empower both men and women towards accountability. Mm-hmm. You guys are an amazing power couple and I'm a huge fan. Yeah. And one of the things that I've learned as a public figure, in particular as a man, is you have to have a level of strength and vulnerability to also bring your wife bring your significant other and bring your kids and bring your personal life into this industry because it could be really cold and really, um, you know, really judgmental. And so I admire you guys, you know, for your book, you know, real life, real love. And it's out right now. What is something, Gia, and I'll start with you, that as you guys were writing the book, made you relive something that was so very exciting about the relationship and then something that was like, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. (laughs) Um, For me, there was no parts that um, I thought that maybe we shouldn't talk about. Mm. We are extraordinarily open, transparent, honest, and vulnerable in this book, on our podcast, because we genuinely believe that There are tools, there are platforms in which people can be helped. Because like I said, most people want you to see their lives as perfect. So I didn't have any trepidation about writing anything. Um, One of the parts that I loved writing about was our family. And there's a part in the book that um, is called the family mission statement. And Mm. we believe that that is extraordinarily important for all families to have. I think that every family should take the chance to sit down with their with their family, with the other members of the family and decide who they want their family to be. Our family is a unit. That's how we look at our our family. We look at our family as a unit, like we are one moving machine. And 
We let our children know what we expect of them. We pour into them what we expect of them. So we lead by example. And part of what is encompassed in our mission statement is we want our children to be mannerable, well-spoken, self-assured, to have high self-esteem, to be compassionate, empathetic of others, um, to be respectful, to help people. We want them to be strong members of the community that that's concerned about helping people. Mm-hmm. We are really just, we're really interested in the sense of community. And we are very cognizant of the fact that when your children step outside of the house, they represent you the mm-hmm. same way that you represent them when you step outside of the house. So I enjoyed writing about the family mission statement and encouraging people to do the same. Um, it wasn't difficult for me to write because it's a story that I share, but I think that the most um, vulnerable part of the book that I wrote was about um, an attack that I suffered when I was 15 years old. Two months after Rashawn and I started going out, uh, when I was 15, I was attacked in public um, and slashed on my face and... Um, on my inner thigh with a razor blade. So I had about 50 stitches right here and about another 20 right here. Yes, and um, if you go through the book, it's called 100 Stitches. Um, That's the chapter that it's in. There's actually a picture of the wound before I was stitched up. When I got to the hospital, the doctors and the anesthesiologist, they didn't want me to see the wound. The police didn't want me to see the wound because they were scared that I was going to go through a state of shock. So they tried to prevent me. But as soon as I was alone in the hospital room, I took off and I looked at my face and um, it's told in the book, it's written about there in great detail. Mm -hmm. But when I got back to the room, uh, you know, like when you're in high school, we didn't have iPhones. We walked around with you taking pictures in the cafeteria, you know, and whatnot, you and your friends. I happen to have a camera. So before they stitched me up, I had my best friend, her name is Dahlia, who was with me that day when I was attacked. I had to take a picture of my face and we included it in the book so that while the story was being told, you could see exactly what it was that I went through that day. Because when you see it now, um, there's no, there's no way to really understand what happened that day. Mm -hmm. So we deliberately put it in black and white as opposed to color because the color version just, um, it was a lot more aggressive. It was a lot more worry. So just for the subtlety of it, we put it in black and white, but, um, it's in that chapter. So, Wow. That that was um something that we decided to Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And clearly that's traumatic. And the one thing I've written a book and I did an audio book. And what ends up happening is I found myself reliving things that I loved that happened in my past or things that I wished I would have forgotten that I'm now discussing. So, so for you, Envy, I have to ask. So like you guys have six kids mm-hmm. and I, I admire again, how publicly you guys embrace family and love and success and expectation. So for you, what was it like as you started to pursue entrepreneurial things like doing a great job in, acknowledging how to take advantage of real estate right? or 
what you've been doing with the car shows, because to me, that's been an incredible reinvention of your personality, your character, but also a way to give back. Yeah. So for myself, I would see my, my dad's a retired police officer. My mother works for an insurance company. And I would remember them coming home talking about how they hated their job. And that always stuck with me. And it stuck with me because I was like, I never want to be in that position where I have to go to work when I have to make money. So when I started DJing, it was, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's an easy job, but I love it. I would do it for free. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking on the radio. I enjoy DJing in the club. Somebody could come in the club and they could have a, a horrible day. Maybe they broke up with their man or their girl or they just got fired or they got bad news. And you can change the feeling. And I love that. Uh, and for my kids, the most important thing, I wanted them to be happy. But, you know, sometimes happiness requires money and not because you need money to be happy. But at the end of the day, you still got to pay your bills. You still got to pay your rent, your mortgage, your car note. You still got to get around. So my whole idea was I need to create something that I can be happy. My kids can be happy, but I can also be safe. And when I mean safe in, in music industry, there is no 401k. There is no retirement plan. You got to create it. That's why sometimes you see your favorite celebrities or your favorite rappers or artists and they're broke. So I said, let me create it. So I started doing real estate. And I wanted to do that so I can leave something for my kids. So if I got a building and let's say it's 70 units and let's say it's bringing in $30,000 a month, that's going to be my 30,000 until I pass. And it's going to be my kids, 30,000 and their kids, 30,000 mm -hmm. and their grandkids and their grandkids. And that's generational wealth. But my mm -hmm. whole thing was, and I did that with the car shows, you know, no disrespect to the international car show, but that's not our culture, right? That's mm -hmm. not the cars with the rims on it or the cars that mm -hmm. you don't know, have a, a TV in it or even, you know, your Honda Accord that you, you mm -hmm. purchased and you worked all summer to put 16 inch rims on it. That's mm -hmm. our culture. And I wanted to create a car show for that. So for our kids, like I told my daughter or my son, hey, if you want to do nails, that's fine. I just want you to be happy, but I'm going to teach you how, how to make it a business. I'm going to teach you how to open up your own nail salon. My mm -hmm. son, the same way. Hey, if you want to do sanitation, that's mm -hmm. fine. But I want to teach you how to buy your own trucks and create a business where you can be happy and do the things that you love and create a business. So that's what I'm big on. And that's what I'm big on with the kids. I got to ask a couple of fun questions because sure. you guys, 27 years, mm -hmm. six kids. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. East Coast to the fullest. So I got to ask you guys, mm -hmm. what is a date night like? Yeah, like, like. <laughs> like, like seriously, like you guys continue to clearly keep the romance in your relationship. Like I see so many people a lot of times after a while, it seems like they're going through the motions to be together. So that level of intimacy and continuing, you know, to grow your family and just had a beautiful baby girl. So what is a, a, a fun date night like for you guys? Okay. So, you know, I can make something up. <laughs> that sounds amazing and otherworldly but the truth you know, the truth the truth is locking the door getting naked cuddling and watching netflix mm -hmm. until we're done <laughs> binge watching and then we can um, share some intimate time without the kids barging in that's a dream date night yeah that, that's okay? <laughs> that's a dream date night. <laughs> And the reason why is because like the other night we went out to dinner, right? By the time we finished eating, we tired. We like, damn, we got to drive back. <laughs> we got to drive back to Jersey. We got to go to the bridge and all this traffic. Like, get that. Nah. Lock the doors. Nah. We're going to order Uber Eats. Yeah. 
Curl on the TV. And that, right? And we just go nah. cuddle. And, that, and that's that's the we best bet. We just order some local Chinese. There you go. Yes. But that's the best bet. Like, we just like to lay in bed and relax. And the good thing is, since I DJ so much and I do so many parties in so many different places, a lot of times, me and the wife would just, just go. Like, if I got to go do yeah. the Dubai, come on, let's just go. And then we make it a kind of like a, a work yeah. vacation. And we get to spend some time with each other. But, you know, we speak, like, when I say we over-speak, on the way to work, I'm talking to her. We, ch- you know, we talking about different That's things. Awesome. On the way back from work, we talking when, when I'm on my way to the office, we talk about different things. So we overly communicate. Yeah. So it's it's. <laughs> But, that, that's our date night. But that's because, um, and I guess it's a nod to why any night would be a great date night. I think it's just because we enjoy each other's company mm-hmm. so much and we don't annoy each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like we we would spend as much time as possible together. To, so to be honest that's with you, incredible. it really doesn't matter what we're doing. I don't need to be wined and dined and romance. As long as we're together and we're cuddling, I'm happy. So, Ivy, I have to ask you this. Yes, sir. Who are your top five DJs of all time? Okay. Jazzy Jeff, Clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Master Flex, Kid Capri. And the fifth one I would have to say is... I'd probably have to go with SNS. Mm. Kid Capri, he was, I seen him on TV all day long. Flex is the king of radio. No matter like him, love him, or hate him, he is the king of that New York radio. Hmm. Um, Jazzy Jeff, what he can do with those turntables is like an art. Clue is the best mixtape DJ alive. And uh, what, was, what was that last person I said? SNS is just a party master. Like he mm-hmm. goes to a city and he studies. And those are the people I, I, I admire when it comes to the DJ game. Y'all heard it from the legend. And before I get let you get out of here, I have to ask you guys, because I heard you mention a date night, potentially going out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Where would you guys advise somebody to have a romantic dinner in New York City? That's a good question. I'll start first. If, if they want to go minority-owned, Black-owned, I would go to Brooklyn Chop House, which is in Manhattan. Amazing place. They mix uh, Asian cuisine with, with good old American, American steak it's it's amazing place or Tao. Tao, the lights are dim. It's sexy. Yeah. The music is, is Tao downtown. Tao downtown. Not the other one. Right. Tao downtown. <laughs> music near is sexy and low. I really like those, those two places are our, our two go places. You always get great food, great service, great drinks, and a great atmosphere. And it's pretty people. When I mean pretty people, people are dressed up. They dressed mm-hmm. up. You know, they got their, their jackets on. They're stylish. You, you feel good. And if you don't want to go to the club, you could just be like, all right. Time to go to sleep, babe. And you can just <laughs> run right out, you know what I mean? Well, I'm feeling good about my life because my daughter was here last night to cover the WNBA draft, uh-huh. and we ate at Brooklyn Chop House. Oh, see that? Sat in the booth, watched the NBA games, the all of that. Right? Just last night, had the lobster satays Woo. and all of that. Woo! Mm-hmm. You exactly right. So duck close. tacos? Did you have the duck tacos? I did have duck tacos. <laughs> <laughs> and it reminded me of the Dave Chappelle skit. That's what made me order it. He talked about he was his son was running up to him and he thought it was chicken, but he was eating duck. I was like, let me order some duck. Come <laughs> on, sophistication. You know. What I'm <laughs> but before I let you guys get out of here, and I appreciate you taking the time, I have a rapid fire segment called "Gone in 60 Seconds." You ready to do this? Let's do it. Okay. All right, we're gonna start with Gia first. <laughs> Who is your favorite? Fictional couple. Oh, damn. 
Uh, this isn't rapid fire for me. <laughs> um, fictional couple. Yeah, y'all watching Netflix and chilling and. Uh, y'all, y'all. Um, the couple on Ozark because they have each other's backs. Boom. What about you, Envy? Oh, that's as easy. I mean, come on, Bill Cosby. That's my for that. You know, that's, that's what I looked a up to. Good one, Bill Cosby, Felicia Rashad, Bill and Claire. Yeah, easy. No doubt. No doubt. If your marriage was a mixtape, what would be the opening track? Oh, um, we had our share of trouble. We can make it all right. We can make it all right. Mine is, that end. Mine is Mary J. Blige, Real Love. I love that so much. What three words would you use to describe each other? Um, charming charismatic and brilliant sexy as fuck (laughs) (laughs) good for you good for you after 27 years we might get baby number seven good job good job in terms of parenting i gotta ask who's the good cop and who's the bad cop i'm the good cop i'm the bad cop all the Oh, that was an easy one. That was easy. <laughs> Last and certainly not least, what piece of advice would you guys give a couple considering marriage? Keep God first. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn the true dish- definition of love, right? And what I mean by that is it's easy when somebody says, I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. But if you don't know the true definition of love, right? Because if you really love somebody, right? I had to realize and learn the real definition of love. If you really know love is you don't want to hurt somebody. You don't want to lie to them. You don't want to keep any secrets from them because if you love them, you're one with them. And when our relationship got to that point, it's no stopping. And when I say that, it's like, you know, people say, hey, MB, you know, um, I'll be on a, on a plane and I'll be like, babe, I'm taking off. Can you post this on Instagram for me? You know what I mean? That's what it is. She has my password. She has my account. She has all that. There's nothing for me to hide. And that's the true definition of love. When I think any couple really finds that, that's when they'll find their true happiness. Real life, real love. It's going to be a bestseller. We already know it is. It's going to be a bestseller. I appreciate you guys taking the time. Thanks for the love. We appreciate it. We're honored to be here. Thank you so much. Last call. Last Last call. I'd like to thank my brother DJ Envy and Gia Casey for stopping by the podcast. I love talking to them and seeing how solid their commitment is to one another. The one thing that stuck out to me the most during our conversation is their ability to laugh together after all of these years. They still make the choice every day to laugh. Laugh at each other. Laugh through the pain. Their kids can see that their parents still enjoy each other, which is such a privilege. Although they touched on the importance of healing as a couple and seeking therapy, there's nothing like the unique healing power of a good laugh with people that you love. For all of you listening, lighten up and take some time out today to find the funny linings in life Laugh now, cry later. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.